0: The NFL Draft. News on number three. Draft coverage. Live, local, late
1: breaking. All right, if you've listened to the show at all. You know how Wolf feels about Will Anderson. I mean, I really like Will Anderson too. Wolf, if it was just as simple as like, what player do you want most out of this draft? It's it's very much Will Anderson. Uh, we had people tweeting in over the weekend, like, "Hey, if the D backs keep winning games, do you think Wolf will uh, will be? Will, will maybe he'll forget about <laughs> Will Anderson for a minute? No, not probably, no, probably not. No, that's not gonna happen. Uh, but Mel Kiper Jr. put out his most recent mock draft today, and. This one he ends up going two rounds with. So 63 picks. He references at the beginning, look, things have changed since his first couple mock drafts because you've had free agency, you've had trades around the league. 63 picks, he has two uh, draft traits, and one of them involves the Arizona Cardinals right there at number three, okay? So he has just a run Which, through- once again, can I just say quickly right now, why would you include traits If you're doing
2: a mock draft, it's hard enough. It it is. Right now, it's hard enough. And normally,
1: I'm I'm 100% on board with that. Just forget the trades, right? More and more people are including them. But you're already, it's a hypothetical on top of a hypothetical. I don't, I, I don't understand. We're seeing firsthand this year, though, it's really tough to do a mock draft with the Cardinals at three and not include trades. Because that seems like such a, a popular idea, basically, that somebody's well, going to trade into three.
2: I think for the most part, we all understand that that is where I think the uncertainty of the draft really begins. Number three, the fulcrum point, the tipping point of the first round in the NFL draft
1: number three. So he has the Panthers going Bryce Young first. He has the Texans going C.J. Stroud second. And then he has the Cardinals trading down, not with the Colts, but with Tennessee. Tennessee slides in there. They take Anthony Richardson. Colts take Will Levis. So quarterback, 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 quarterback to start the draft. Okay, And just to follow that through before we go down the Cardinals thread, he has the Seahawks, and this is my fear, sitting there at five with Will Anderson on the board, but he has them taking Jalen Carter. Jalen (laughs) Carter. So then Will Anderson somehow drops to Detroit at six, and they, however they party in Detroit are probably partying in Detroit at that point. But going back to the trade, so that's the Titans moving up. He has the Titans giving the Cardinals pick number 11, pick number 41 in this draft, so another second rounder, plus a 2024 first rounder, and then likely either a 2025 first or second rounder as well. That's a haul. For a guy that no matter how good Will Anderson is, he can't turn your team around single-handedly.
2: No, that is that is done. If you tell me the Arizona Cardinals that's what they're gonna get to move down to number eleven, and it is pretty comparable to what the forty ers gave up to move up to take Trey Lance at number three as well. So I understand there is precedent on this, but Man, if you if you tell me that's what it is for the Arizona Cardinals, that that's how you rebuild a team through the draft. Right there with the number three pick, and I think they
1: would do that. Just to give you like a, a reference point too for for what that does, right? And just in terms of the picks, like, oh yeah, okay, cool, a bunch of future picks that they may or may not hit on, and and that's true. I mean, Will Anderson, as much as I like him, that may or may not be a home run if you just take him. But, but, to kind of conceptualize a little bit of of what that looks like if they make the, the that trade that specific trade, even it just in Mel Kuiper's mock draft, you can see the impact because he has them taking Tyree Wilson at eleven with the pick they got from Tennessee, okay? So get an edge guy, in other words. He has them taking, with the 41st pick that they would also get from Tennessee, uh, Mazzie Smith from Michigan, defensive tackle. But God. Okay. And then he also, at number 34, which is the pick they already have, has them taking a guy I really like that I don't think you could take without making a trade, but he has them taking Quentin Johnston, the uh, receiver out of TCU.
0: Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. Did you see that touchdown catch
1: Johnston made in the Fiesta Bowl? Not just the catch itself, but the 76 yards he covered on the ground. That single moment captures most of what Johnston has to offer for NFL teams. He has the height, he has the agility, but most importantly, he has the speed. He collected over 1,000 yards this past season and six scores as he helped the Horn Frogs go all the way to the national championship. The knock on Johnston would be his in. Consistency catching passes, using his body more than his hands, something teams will surely consider when Johnston reaches the top of draft boards. NFL comp former Bears and Eagles wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey.
2: And that's exactly, that's exactly why you got him going number 34, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In this mock draft. Oh, that's why Mel has him. I don't have to go 34. That's yeah. where Mel has him right there. But he's going number 34 when he's got first-round talent and top-ten talent uh-huh. in terms of being able to run, his size, his frame, all of that. But he's number 34 because every now and then he drops a ball. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, it's
1: a big part of your job description. Right off the dome sometimes. But you see him play, and not even just in that playoff game, but Quentin Johnston, when he is on, is an absolute beast. And I don't know that, like, I would love to have him on the Cardinals. I don't know that you could take him at number 34 if you don't make a trade. Because a receivers a need, but is it that big of a need? Mm-hmm. But but even just in this scenario, okay, they took Quentin Johnston at thirty four, but they still got Mozzie Smith also in in the second round. Yeah. Oh so God. Because you yeah because you've added the additional picks, all of a sudden you can have a couple players instead of just one.
2: Yeah, and you know honestly, right now I'd love to see Quentin Johnston opposite of Hollywood. That's a big deal. That'd be nice. Hollywood can play on the outside because he's so fast because he is. He can get away with playing on the outside, but Quentin Johnston has the has the size that the Arizona Cardinals really, really need. And he also has the speed as well on the outside. Um, Rondell Moore. I do expect more out of Rondell Moore. Now, I say that every year, right? We, we always say that every year going in with Rondell Moore, just how important it is that this is the year year, he takes off, and it has got to be able to stay on the field. Um, I think regime change is going to be really, really good for Rondell Moore. But um, more than anything else, I-, I want this team to get more physical. And when we talk about the Arizona Cardinals and we talk about the upcoming draft. I want this team to get more physical. And if that means even a guy like a Quentin Johnston on the outside and how physical he is as a wide receiver, as a big guy Mm -hmm. who will use his body not only to catch the ball, but put it on somebody else. I like the fact that that mentality exists with this guy. And that's what I want to see continue to grow going forward more than anything else. Physicality. Physicality on this team. Man, I
0: can't wait for that, Jonathan
1: Gant. I want to play this uh, Mazzy Smith draft capsule real quick, too, because I don't know when we'll get to play it again.
0: Mazzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan.
1: Power, stealth, and size, if that's what you're looking for in your defensive lineman, you found your man in Smith. Weighing 337 pounds, he carries a little extra weight and uses it to his advantage. He can absorb blocks from both directions and is able to pivot on a dime. He has a late reaction time, which can hold him back, but is a Effectiveness at the line overshadows any speed concerns. NFL comparison, current Cincinnati Bengals defensive tackle, DJ Reader.
2: Do you have any idea how big a man's belly button is when he weighs 337 pounds? Can't
1: say I do. (laughs) Can't say I'm upset that I don't.
2: Get in my belly! Oh, uh, that is that's what I that's what they need too. Then Austin Powers? Somebody? asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The one was that uh, fat. Um... Yeah, it was Austin Powers too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right there you go. I didn't yeah, know I had right. to get the exact I, well, number. Yeah, right. Yes. It, it was a character. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it, but anyways, I mean, again, this is I would love that. That would be fantastic. What what uh, what pick was that? Forty one. Forty one.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the additional pick one of the additional picks you'd get from Tennessee in that trade. Okay, I wonder if we'll be there at 41 though. Uh, Foo Fighters they'll be at uh, Talking Stick Resorts Amphitheater on October 3rd General on sale begins this Friday at 10am. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets when we come back. It's something they wanted to do at the start of the season and they might actually be pulling it off now. Are the suns peaking at just the right time? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports later
0: get in my belly Arizona sports the local sports leader Wolf and Luke Suns run to the playoffs coverage brought to you by canvas annuity score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings
1: Well, it didn't happen for the Phoenix Suns last year. In fact, the exact opposite happened. Wolf, the Suns win 64 games. They set a franchise record. They just really cruised through the first, what, 76 games of the regular season. Then the last six, they were kind of, you know, just kind of waiting it out, trying to get to the playoffs. Get to the New Orleans series. It's a struggle Credit New Orleans, credit Chris Paul for finding a way to, to you know, essentially drag them through that anyway, but they, they just weren't right after that, and, and obviously, we don't even have to go into the Dallas series. They didn't peak at the right time last year. Everybody talks about how you want to peak at the right time, yeah. but Golden State consistently does peak at the right time, and the Suns talked about that at the start of this year, how, okay, we saw what Golden State did. Golden State wasn't anything special during the year last year, and they went out and won a title. You could make a pretty strong case that the Suns this year are peaking at the right time, although it's not in a way where anybody could have predicted at the start of the season.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree, Luke. Um, he, you wouldn't predict it because you had no idea Kevin Durant yeah. was going to be So how here. could you? <laughs> there, was, there was absolutely no way that you'd be able to do that. And plus two, let's... Let's say it the way that it is. The whole Kevin Durant situation, not only did it pretty much come out of right field. Now I know that there were a lot of people who believed all the way back before the season even started
1: You're a producer that Kevin for a
2: Durant while. exactly was going to be was going to be a Phoenix son. I did not believe it. This I is the I most
1: Maloney thing ever. She's too busy cutting a bunch of audio to take credit. Like yes. Does that not sum her up?
2: Yes, but I, actually, she's got a modicum of humility about her as well that I appreciate, where she would not jump on the air and take credit for that just because she said something that actually came
1: true. Are me. you implying that I would? I got, By the I'm way, just saying Luke, who, who, the shoe who did I pick to win the Masters on Thursday? <laughs> Do you remember that part of the John Rom? Yeah. yes, oh.
2: I remember. Well yeah. done Thank on you. your. That's part. all I wanted was your approval. Right, I mean, honestly. <laughs> John Robb, too
1: should have gone you, Vegas you picked and picked the and winner. Got something I know I got nothing out of it. So
2: listen, are the Phoenix Suns peaking at the right time? I think I would feel so much better. I don't know about you, Luke, but if they had ten more games with Kevin Durant, just ten more, yeah. I, I'd feel more certain. About what we have seen so far through eight games.
1: So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm that way. Let me ask you this though, because I had this thought on Sunday when I'm watching none of the core four play. Is that an indicator that that within the organization they are confident that the chemistry has already been built? Like, we had that clip last week of Kevin Durant saying, hey, you can still build chemistry off the court, too. And I, and I give him credit, you know, or I give him the benefit of the doubt, I should say. Anytime he says something like that, I I assume he knows what he's talking about. He's won the finals MVP twice. Yes. Uh, but the simple fact that, you know, Monty Williams... And we had, you know, clips of Chris Paul and Devin Booker saying, yeah, okay, I mean, it's important. Kevin Durant, it's important, you know, a week or two ago. The fact that they voluntarily sat the core four for the last two games of the season, is there any chance that that's a sign internally they already feel good about the chemistry? Because they are 8-0. Yes,
2: uh, I, I think to answer your question, yes. And they know, obviously, a lot more than I will ever know. I just... Uh, For me, looking from the outside in, I would just like to see a larger sample size of Kevin Durant actually playing with the Phoenix Suns. A larger sample size. I'm with you. And, you you know, again, um, they haven't lost (laughs) with Kevin Durant. Ever? (laughs) It just sounds so weird. What do you say? They haven't lost with Kevin Durant, of course, in the lineup. Um, But it's only been eight games. And by the way, isn't it, isn't it good to actually see a team go out and lose from time to time and how they respond I wondered to if you were going to say that. You
1: know yeah. what I mean? I wondered if you were going to say that because that, that was, you know, last year there wasn't a lot of adversity and this year there has been. But, but it's been adversity with almost a different team. There was adversity before they made the Kevin Durant trade. You know, there's been adversity since they got him too. But, but last year when they really faced adversity, it kind of ended their season. I don't yes. think that'll happen this yeah, year, good. but but I do think there is a little bit of truth to what you're saying of like, yeah, we haven't seen this team go out there with KD, have a rough loss. It was poor officiating. The other team had a buzzer beater or they just lost. How did they respond the next game? So yeah. here's
0: something interesting. So Frank Isola tweeted this out, said dating back to November 27th, Kevin Durant's record in games he's played is 25 and two. Including eight and zero with the Suns. The last time Durant played in a loss was January fourth versus Chicago. He scored forty four that night on fifteen of twenty two shooting.
1: All right, well, that's that's good. I mean, I did forget that he doesn't wow. lose. Katie doesn't lose games, so it's, how are you supposed to figure out how a guy's going to bounce back when he doesn't lose?
2: Yeah, but but it's not only that. Once again, it's everyone else around him. It, it's it's also going out by by way of example. Let's say somebody uh, employs a certain type of. Defense against Kevin Durant, and that is effective. It's effective what they did, and the Suns ended up losing that game. Do you think there might be other teams out there that would try to replicate that as they play? Yeah, it would. Well, how do you adjust to the adjustment? Yeah, how do you do that? You're you know, gonna, you're
1: uh, gonna find out because Tyron is one of the best
2: adjusters, a, there is. That's exactly right, and again, it's the reason why I think the Suns win the series. I'm pretty confident in saying the Suns win the series. Um, it's not a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a confident statement that I have in regard to playing the Clippers. But
1: I think it's going to be contested.
2: Uh, I think it's going to go six,
1: maybe yeah. even seven. I, I, I have it six when we did the, uh, the, the Arizona sports poll question yesterday. Um, but you're right the clippers will they'll do whatever it takes over i mean the, the suns could be up to 0 in the series and the clippers will find a way to get nasty in that third game they will make adjustments i would feel a lot more nervous about this series if they also had paul george and they don't maybe they would later in the series so don't let the series drag on if you don't have to if you're the if you're the suns but i i just think at the end of the day the suns i mean they might they might be the best team in the NBA with this group. Um, This is Kendrick Perkins, though. He doesn't see it that way.
3: Even without Paul George, when I look at the Clippers and I look at their depth at the wing position, when you look at Kawhi Leonard and Nicholas Baton and Covington and and Norman Powell, and you see all those multiple guys that they could actually throw at KD and Devin Booker when you got a guy like Trey Mann. See, I'm watching yesterday, and we saw Plumlee and Bones Boneshollow getting each other's faces that's because they care mm. and so over the last two months we talk about Anthony Davis and we talked about Joel Embiid and Giannis and, and, Jok, and Jokic right but we didn't talk about Kawhi Leonard and he has quietly been dominating the league without getting our praise and when I look at this matchup and I look at Ty Lue and Richard knows this Ty Lue is one to not be underestimated when it comes down to him game planning and looking forward to these challenges so when I look at this and I look at Russell Westbrook who also
2: has something to prove I got the Clippers in six beating the Phoenix Suns man wow okay yeah I'm not going to go that far but I do believe it's going to be contested it's going to be physical that that's what the Clippers are going to do they're going to come out and they're going to test the physicality of the Phoenix Suns especially when you look at Zubats and you got Plumlee as well two seven footers 240 and 250 respectively I think they're going to throw their bodies around and try to hammer the Suns.
1: Wouldn't you also agree, too, of all the like, true star players in this league, Kawhi is the biggest wild card? You, know, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with LeBron and Kevin Durant and Steph. But with Kawhi, it's like, A, you don't even know if he's going to play half the time, but then when he does... His teams always seem to win when he's actually playing. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not going to be easy. I just think it's easier than playing Golden State. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, off-season strength and conditioning program has started for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which means Jonathan Gannon has addressed his team for the first time. We'll get into what that was like and who is at the off-season strength and conditioning program. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: All right, well, you heard it right there in Eric Ruby's update. Cardinals out there, with the uh, voluntary offseason strength and conditioning program. What do you think when you hear voluntary, Wolf? Well, first of all, Eric Ruby. I'm sorry. Gem. Oh, you mean Jam? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Jam. I can okay, translate. They need one nice. of those like Google Translate <laughs> things. If you're talking to Wolf, that we can just have up on That's the right. office wall. And if I'm talking about so and so, yeah. But what's Wolf's nickname for that person? Jam. <laughs> okay, great. What, what was the question you asked? Now, uh, what do you think of when you hear voluntary offseason strength and
2: conditioning oh, my program? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different today. It is truly voluntary today. Yeah. Back when I played, <laughs> voluntary. <laughs> Was it, um, sounds like a trap. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, you don't have to hey, be here. By the way, coaches used to just tell you right now. Um, listen, if, you, if you're if you not here for winter conditioning, um, it's probably going to be a situation. You're going to have a hard time making the team. Yeah. I would. That's, that, that's yeah. what they would say. <laughs> voluntary yeah, forget about that. There was no such thing, really,
1: yeah. as voluntary. I mean, it's voluntary to be here, but it's also voluntary to be on this team. When uh, when August and September exactly. roll around, all right, Zaven Collins. I want to play some of the Jonathan Gannon audio, but I want to play a couple cuts from Zaven Collins first. He was uh, he was asked about just the atmosphere today out there.
4: Yeah, the energy today was nice. You know, it kind of set the tone for the culture and how you know he expects things to be. Um, he had a big uh, input today on you know uh, the rule. It was uh, you know one team to you, talking about, you know, put the team before yourself. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's got to be us, has to be, especially to win in this league. Um, so, you know, today getting the ball rolling, setting the culture of what we're going to be was awesome.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, one team to you. <laughs> right? That's what he said. Doesn't it feel good to just talk about football? Oh, my goodness, yes. Thank you so much for that. One team to you. <laughs> JG, I love it right there. I've never heard anyone say that. But um, I'm going to say, based on what Colin, he, what what uh, he just said, um, I, I'm going to say that that's the way he said it, right? I love it. But I'm going to use One that in every pre
1: show meeting team now. To you. One show to you. That's yeah. how we're going to go. Oh, I yeah. love that, man. That is, that is big right there. There's more from Zavin. Um, yeah, I mean, it's
4: day one. Like I said, today was mostly like I think he, talk, he talked very little about ball. It was all about culture, how we're going to work, how we're going to come into the building, be prepared, you know, being on time and, you know, being early. You know, be early to everything we do, you know, take care of our body, take care of our, you know— um, Treatment, how we are physical, how we are in you know the, the meeting room, stuff like that, so it was more more of like setting the tone for the culture. We have plenty of football to get into. You know we have you know, two more months of this all the way up until June, and then we have all the training camp as well. so um, you know getting the ball rolling today like I was telling him it was about culture oh my
2: goodness, I love this stuff. I could roll in it. This is a warm blanket on a cold winter 's night. Um, culture, that's right. You know, the very first thing, this is what you've got to do. This is why it's so important. This is who we are. This is how we do things around here from the very first day. Here's our expectation of you. Here's our expectation as a coach and as a coaching staff of you. Team, that's great. Team, and then you. Man, I, I you got to set it up. And this is what he's doing. Can I get a little Zavin a little bit more? Oh, you got to love it. defensive. Yeah, defensive coach, you got to love it, you know.
4: He was ready. He was uh, He was cracking jokes and stuff. He was like, I'm not a very funny guy, but no, Coach John, he's a pretty funny dude. Uh, uh, he's always joking with me about golf and stuff, saying he can beat me. I was like, no, nah, you can't beat me, Coach. Sorry. But, uh, no, he's uh, his energy is great. It's like something you have to have, especially, you know, he's like, Always talking about having upbeat energy, being a good teammate, and like like I said, today was all about setting the culture of what we got to be as a team, a winning team, you know, so he um, set expectations that we have
2: to meet. Okay, so now you need players to actually walk around and model that culture. Okay, this is what we do, and this is how we do it. Now you need human beings living breathing human beings to model that culture for everybody else and you need your best players to do that does that make sense
1: well along those lines again it is technically voluntary but if you're wondering kyler murray was there here's jonathan gannon
5: yeah i i did not i'm not a twitter or wherever he posted that but uh obviously i talked to kyler a lot and um you know he's he's a he's a, he's got competitive juice, so he, he wants to be um, doing everything that he can to get out there when he can to help the team win. So uh, please, where that's at, uh, I think I had a toll, I told him the other day. You know as good as you feel there's going to be a little bit of a dip you got to make sure that you don't overdo it too so uh, because that's a part to being smart when you rehab from any injury you want to go 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 sometimes you got to push the pause button a little bit but uh, excited where he's at and where he's going Was he here? Say it again Was he here? yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Look at that setup again in there at the end. For for our radio audience, can you say that question again? Yes. Was he here today? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice work, John G. Yeah. No,
2: As that, we call him now. John G. That's, yeah, what, that's what Zabin, Zabin called yeah. him right there. I'm going to call
1: him J.G. Okay. That, okay.
2: That's fine. J.G. right there. You know, for me, um, it makes me happy that Kyler Murray is here. Makes yeah. me really happy that he's rehabbed here. I, I, I don't know... Basin Onions for a fact, but to me, it tells me an awful lot about how his rehab is going, number one, and number two, based on some of the moves that the Arizona Cardinals made or didn't make in the offseason in regard to a quarterback, it also fills me with confidence that his rehab is coming along and coming along well, and that makes me happy Because, again, from the very beginning, he doesn't have to be here, and yet he is. And I like that. Voluntary today is voluntary. And I like the fact he's here
1: rehabbing. Yeah, if you're looking for things that are a little bit of a change, maybe. I mean, obviously anything Kyler Murray does is going to impact the whole team quickly. And I know it seems like a small thing now, but it, it never seems to be a small thing when he's not doing what people determine to be the right thing. He's there. Not everybody's there. Kyler Murray is there, and like you said, he's been rehabbing here. I don't know if he spent every second of the off season here, but for the most part, his rehab has been here. So that's um, I I think significant if you're trying to turn things around. Now I haven't heard this cut, Wolf, because it was going on during obviously our 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 show. But I have a cut here that says Jonathan Gannon on Will Anderson. So I feel (laughs) obligated to play this just for you. Okay.
5: Yeah, he's a good player. There's a lot of good players out there. Um, you know, I don't really look at, you know, guys' value as far as when would you pick him, when would you want. I kind of look at, hey, do we want this guy? Can he help us win? Is he the right type of does he have the right type of character? And um, you know, can he help us win basically? So that's kind of the buckets I put him in and then Ramani handles the rest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's really, really good right there by JG. That is good. It sounds like such a coach, my brothers. So much of the time, especially back when I was playing, so much of the time, and I hate saying that, back when I played, but it's the truth. Uphill both ways? Yeah, exactly. But back when I played, a coach was like, just give me the raw material. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who to give me. I'm going to coach whoever you bring me. That's, that was the coach's mentality. And it kind of sounded like that right there, just listening to JG.
1: I'm going to do what you do to our guests when, when you're like, hey, uh, there's only four seconds left. Can you give me the meaning of life? Yes. Uh, we have to go to break right now, Wolf, but DeAndre Hopkins was not there today. So there you go. All it's right. While you, while you process that, how big are the next two months for Chris Paul in particular? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings.
1: Wolf, I don't even know how we somehow haven't talked about this yet. I know you watched the Diamondbacks last night because you're all in.
2: (laughs) I tried to tell you.
1: (laughs) Did you see Kevin Durant at the Diamondbacks game? I did not. Wearing a Corbin Carroll jersey. I know. I miss that. That's got to be. What is that? That was Corbin Carroll's 43rd Major League Baseball game. And Kevin Durant's already at a game wearing his jersey. Just so cool. They asked him about it. again shows
2: humility, doesn't it? From Kevin Durant. There's a lot of, can I just tell you right now, um, one of my, this is my hang-ups, one of my pet peeves, I'll never wear. You'll never see me walking around with a jersey with another man's name
1: on the back of it. Oh, But it it, if you were going to, okay. it would be Will Anderson. I, I, <laughs> but you're not going to, but okay, if you maybe,
2: were. Maybe if it was Will Anderson, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I'd go out and say, man, give me that thing. <laughs> um, maybe, but you get my point. Yeah, I, I just, Wow. Just the humility
1: of KD. Uh, And I can only imagine what it's like to be Corbin Carroll because, again, we all expect great things. The team has shown him with monetary actions that they expect great things. Mm -hmm. But he has still only played in now 43 Major League Baseball games. (laughs) So to look over there in the crowd and see, is that Kevin Durant wearing my jersey <laughs> uh, Here's uh, Corbin Carroll post game yeah absolutely I mean literally you know seven year-old Corbin right going and watching him and for you know him to be there like watching us that was that was pretty cool. I can only imagine what that must be. And then they also asked Corbin Carroll about uh, you know valley teams supporting each other. You know, I think um, campaign was kind of the first one there, right? And like
5: he's been awesome um, to us. And uh, you know, I think we just we always appreciate that support and you know trying and, to try and reciprocate because they've got a very fun team as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like that stuff.
1: I, I like
5: the you like. do
2: have a very fun team as well.
1: I remember because you know a lot of my family's from Pittsburgh. There was those years where like the Steelers were winning Super Bowls, or like the Penguins, and you'd see Mike Tomlin at the at the Penguins hockey game, or you'd see you know so and so at the Pirates game. Like you, I I like that sort of you know the Suns are tied to the Diamondbacks, who are tied to the Coyotes, who are tied to the Cardinals. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that too. You know. Um in, in
2: regard to the diamond bags, as well, let me just say this right now because i gotta I gotta get it off my chest, but the D and D bag stands for dirt bag, <laughs> okay, and when I say that too I, I i I say that with the utmost reverence and respect for a professional athlete that goes out and plays the way that I'm seeing this Diamondback team play. I love it, Luke. I really do. I know they're 7 and 4. I know that they haven't played their best as of yet. Um but you know what's the the promise of what we're seeing right now. That's why this series and winning the first game of this series is huge, I think. The Milwaukee Brewers leaders of the Central Division, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two losses before last night. Yes. You you feel really, really good about what you're seeing in regard to the Dodgers, of course, winning five of eight against the Dodgers, and then splitting with the Padres in a two-game series. This is this is a great start to the season for the Diamondbacks, especially when you've got all of these young guys that are trying to make their way.
1: No, and their, their next two games they get uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, so two of the best pitchers in the National League. So if they come out of that with even, if, even if they split the next two games, you got to feel pretty good about things. So that's Kevin Durant's uh, impact on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Here's Kevin Durant's import, impact on on the Phoenix Suns, and in particular Chris Paul potentially, a According to Kevin Garnett, that's a lot of Kevins. I think a
3: player like KD changes you instantly. instantly. I'm just up here looking at it on paper, man. I'm watching Devin Booker's row. Mm-hmm. I'm watching his his boost. Mm-hmm. He was so boosted, was like, oh man, this is exactly what I needed. Man, you got two guys who can arguably get you 50. Like you got to give them two double teams. Then we forget Chris Paul is on this team, right? And DeAndre. You a. forget DeAndre hey These are two other guys mm-hmm. who he did 30, 40 in your league. And you know who KD helped out of all of this? He helped Chris. Paul. I think this can actually extend Chris Paul's stay at Phoenix. Okay.
2: Sorry about that. I turned my microphone off. (laughs) I'm having some issues with the throat. But having said that. Mid-segment, you turned your microphone off. No, I did. Yes, uh, (laughs) of course. But, you know, for me right now, I think of Devin Booker. I I get his point on Chris Paul. I really do. Um, But there's a lot of pressure that comes with that if you're Chris Paul as well. Because right now, there's going to be a lot of people from the outside looking in saying, this is Chris Paul's best opportunity to win a championship.
1: I feel like they do that every year
2: with Chris Paul. I know, but right now, it's kind of the topper. (laughs) When <laughs> you put yeah. KD into the lineup no, you're with right. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton.
1: You're right, but look at the last three years now of Chris Paul's career. Now, he had his chances earlier, but yeah. when he gets to the Suns, they're up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. So up to that point, that's definitely his best opportunity. Well, then last year, they followed up by winning 64 regular season games. Okay, this is his best opportunity. Clearly the best team, right? Okay, now this year, you have Kevin Durant on your team as well, and you are relatively healthy going into the playoffs. So now this is his best opportunity. Yes, yeah. Well, okay. Um, however,
2: you want to parse it. Look, okay, <laughs> for me, for me, I think this. Most people would look at him and say, "This." He's got Kevin Durant and David Booker.
1: Oh um, no! This, it is his best opportunity. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you.
2: Okay, but uh, I know, but you were making it sound like it was something else. Well, I just, it's, it's amazing I mean, I how how, you're how that's. Just trying to be fair, and that's was, okay. Well, yeah. usually you're not. No, but I want um. to try something new
1: in the final two minutes of the show. <laughs> but you
2: know what I loved as well is the fact that he he pointed out, um, book. Think about Devin Booker. Think of how relaxed D Book can be, knowing he's got KD on the team as well. All these guys well, it doesn't can't. have to be that guy. When he is that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. But he doesn't have to be that guy even though he is. <sighs> you can almost feel the pressure, the aid, comfort and shelter Devin Booker is getting from Kevin Durant being on this team and what
1: he brings to the floor. I wouldn't make a habit out of it, but the Suns could win a playoff game or two. Now, without Devin Booker, you know, Devin Booker could have an off night and they could still win. That wasn't the case even last year, certainly even even the year before last year yes. was obvious, even the year before. You know, if Devin Booker had an off night or, you know, go to the Milwaukee series, if Drew Holiday just has a good game against Devin Booker. All right. We'll see you in game five because you're not winning that one. That's not the case anymore. Again, no. I wouldn't make a habit out of it. Devin Booker's got to be Devin Booker for them to go as far as they want to go. But if he has an off night in Game Three of a best-of-seven series, they might still win that game because of Kevin Durant or because Chris Paul might hit seven threes. Or oh, by the way, DeAndre Ayton might just have a game where where he you know takes over relative to what he's asked to do. And once again, Da,
2: this series coming up against the Clippers—that's who I'm focused on right now. The trendsetter, the tone setter for this team, De Andre Ayton. Make no mistake, the physicality is going to be here in this series, and Da has got to
1: bring it. All right, we're leaving. Uh, Thanks to Aaron Maloney and uh, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.